For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. There's a lot of great NFL futures to wager on. You've got NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball as well, Home Run Derby, All-Star Game this upcoming week. If you've got a bet on any of the action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen. Very excited to be joined tonight by Jeff Hartman. He is the host of the Let's Ride podcast on the Steel Curtain Network. And Jeff, thank you for coming on. We're doing a home and home. You were gracious enough to have me on your show yeah. just a few weeks back. Here you are now as a guest on the Believe in Steelers show. Welcome in. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I'm, I'm making it big. You know, you know, I'm normally asking you to be on my show. Now you're asking me on yours. Hey, it's just fine. Let's do it. Let's. I, I love the. I love the conversation. Love talking Steelers football. I think we've got nine Sundays left between now and the start of the regular season, and I'm not one to wish my life away. But get me to September yeah. 10th at home, Acrisure Stadium. First time the Steelers will open the st- the season in Pittsburgh since 2014. And it'll be year two for Kenny Pickett. Jeff, that's where I want to start. In your opinion, what does success look like for Kenny Pickett in year two? You know, that's a that's a really tough question based on the fact that everyone's going to point to a different metric, right? Some people are going to point to things like overall yardage. Uh, some people are going to point to touchdown to interception ratio. Some are going to point to completion percentage. Uh, to, to me, I just want him to have a complete control of the offense and Hey, I'm going to be honest. The only stat that matters to me is points scored. And mm-hmm. so what's the red zone percentage look like? That's that's what I want to know because it was pretty bad last year. And he had, I believe, the lowest quarterback rating in the NFL inside the red zone, and then especially even worse when it got inside the 10. So situational football, I think, is where I want to see Kenny Pickett grow the most. But I think everything else is just kind of – it's kind of frills. You know, he, he doesn't have to throw for 5,000 yards. Mm-hmm. If he throws for three or even even in between 2,500 and 3,000, but has good red zone production, the Steelers are scoring more points, they're running the ball better, play action becomes more of a thing, I would be happy with that. Like To me, it's not all stat-driven except for one, and that's points scored. That's just, that's just me, though, my own personal metric. That is terrific insight there, Jeff. I'm going to go on a more macro level. Let's just get to the playoffs. Like, <laughs> there you go. Play, play yeah, period, sure. like playoffs, if you get back in the postseason – Glass half full. The Steelers, I think, could arrive a year early this year to say no one's really talking about them uh, to where they surprise some teams. They surprise a lot of the the league to where, okay, maybe they're not quite a contender in the AFC this season, but to where they would be building towards next season in year three when it's like, wow, this team could potentially win a Super Bowl. And that glass half full perspective, in my opinion, would be there's a reason you kept Matt Canada for the continuity 
it was a decision I did not agree with, but I look at other young quarterbacks that have struggled in the NFL. And I know that he doesn't have to learn a new system. He doesn't have to learn a new terminology or to work with a new offensive coordinator. And because Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach, if they would have gone out and gotten, let's say a Byron Leftwich in this off season or Frank Reich, or one of the other brilliant offensive minds that was out on the market, if that coach had had success, say if you had moved on from Matt Canada, what's to say that you're not having to find an offensive coordinator again in the 2024 season. So that's my perspective is glass half full. You get back, get back to the playoffs and hopefully that continuity you can use where you were at at the end of 2023 as your baseline week one of the upcoming season, where you are at the last week of 2022 season is week one in 2023. That's where I'm at. Jeff. Let's not forget. Yeah. Everyone talks about Matt Canada. Kenny Pickett likes Matt Canada. Like he actually likes him. And I know that Steeler fans like <laughs> are probably spitting their coffee all over themselves yeah. this morning. He actually likes the guy. He recruited him from Temple and he recruited him for, he was there to Temple and Pitt and he was there in New Jersey. He's in his living room. Like he got Kenny Pickett to come to Pitt. Kenny Pickett was thinking about going to Temple. That's what I meant to say. And then he got him to come to Pitt. Then he leaves Pitt. Kenny Pickett, I think, vibes with Matt Canada. He likes his overall view of the offense. That's one of the reasons why he went to the University of Pittsburgh. So I don't think that should be underscored. We as fans, from an outsider's perspective, will always look at things from a, yeah. a global situation and saying, well, the results aren't there that we want. But there's a good chance, and I, I, I thought this at the end of last season, that whether Canada stays or goes, if I was Mike Tomlin and, and Art Rooney II, I leave it up to Kenny Pickett. I call Kenny into the wow. office and say, hey, what do you think? You know, if, if you're not happy with the way this is going, well, let's cut ties now. Let's get you in year mm -hmm. two with a new guy that you like and you're comfortable with. But if you like it and you want to give this another show, let's let's go. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. And like I said, Kenny Pickett likes Matt Canada. So there you go. And let's look at this from the conference standpoint, too. Look at all the quarterback talent there is in the AFC compared to the NFC. There's Jalen Hurts and everyone else. Yeah. So the Steelers have to have at least good quarterback play realistically, if they want to compete within the conference, like let alone their own division. And it's like, cause we know Burrow's going to be the top Lamar. We know what he can do when healthy. I know the Steelers have had success against Lamar, but two stud quarterbacks within your division. I have no clue what to expect from Deshaun Watson this season. So the Steelers in year two, hopefully you can build upon that. And again, the familiarity, I don't think can be underscored enough because I look at the other struggles of young quarterbacks in this league. Look at what happened to Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Look at what happened to Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. And look, at a certain point, you look at yourself in the mirror and say, a quarterback is, uh, you look in the mirror and a quarterback is what he is at a certain point. But when a young quarterback struggles in this league, it shouldn't always be pointed to, oh, it's the quarterback's fault. It's, I look at who is coaching what were his coaches doing yeah. to put him in a position to succeed or not? It, it is, it is kind of half and half, you know, is Matt Canada to blame for Kenny Pickett's early uh, interceptions in his time? No, he's not. Uh, but at the same time, was Kenny Pickett also, did he suffer from some of the play calls? Yeah, he did. So it's kind of 50, 50. There's the yin and the yang approach there to quarterback caught play caller, et cetera. But Matt Cannon is here to stay. And I'm excited. If, if he doesn't do it this year, there's no crutch. Like he has no crutch anymore. Like he, yeah. if it doesn't yeah. work this year, the contract's expired. Thanks for your time. We're moving on. 
but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, you're in my brain, Jeff, which is a dangerous place to be because <laughs> if the offense struggles, he's your easy scapegoat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, point blank, period. Just my two cents worth. We'll see how that shakes out. Again, training camp at the end of this month. So we still have a few more weeks to go. I believe the veterans report on July the 26th. I think I have yep. the dates right and there. And veterans, rookies and veterans, both of that's the last, they have the last team to report to camp. Is there a position battle that you are most excited for between now and the start of camp? Well, really, once we get into camp. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you're not going to split it up offense and defense. So I'll, I'll stick to one on offense that I'm really excited for. Uh, to tease my Monday Let's Ride podcast, had Jim Wexel on from the Steel City Insider. We talked about this a lot. It's wide receiver. So with the Steelers okay. wide receiver, you know, you have two known commodities, right? You have Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. But what do you have after that? You have Allen Robinson, who you traded for, so you're, you're going to give him his spot. That's three. Now you got to guess how many they're going to keep. Let's assume six. So there's three open spots. You have Calvin Austin, the third, fourth round pick in 2022, but has not played a meaningless, meaningful snap in the NFL, even in the preseason yet. So far, he's suffering from Senquez Golson syndrome. I don't even like to bring that up, but still, I got to say, all right? <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> yeah. So Calvin Austin, the third, no one knows. Then you have like a, a Cody White, who, from my source in the in the uh, in, in the Steelers organization, they are they, he's had a great spring. Like they really like what they've seen from Cody White. Gunnar Olszewski, fans love to hate him. Had those awful turnovers, uh, muff punts, especially in Week Two against New England last year. You have Hakeem Butler from the XFL. What is yes. he going to bring? You know, everyone loves the size and the speed. Mm -hmm. There's also a reason this guy's never made it anywhere. Like, I mean, he didn't make it in the NFL. He got cut. He gets picked up again, gets cut again, goes to Canada, gets cut again, finally gets through an XFL season, finds his way to Pittsburgh. If I, I got to think that if Mike Tomlin can't do something with this guy, no one can. Mm. You, Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin mm -hmm. is your gunner on special teams. Very good at that. So he has value there. I'm going to put him as number four, not the number four in terms of depth chart, but he gets a spot because of special teams. So if you're only going to have two more openings, well, who is that going to be? You know, mm. are they? Everyone assumes Gunnar Olszewski is going to be cut, but what if the guy finds his way as the slot guy? If they're not going to use Allen Robinson in there, um, it's just it's really interesting, really intriguing to me when you see these names and you only have two known players there. And so yes, I went with a position without a rookie and without you know a big free agent pickup. There was a trade with Allen Robinson. And I'm hoping for a a Jericho Cotry like season for him, where he had ten touchdowns. That was Cotry before he jettisoned Pittsburgh for Carolina. I don't know. There's just something about the wide receivers where I think there's a lot of shuffling to do, and that's why I think this training camp battle is going to be really important. We're going to get to see this with our own two eyes, both in the preseason and in practices at St. Vincent mm -hmm. College. Who's going to fit and where are they going to fit and how's it going to look? I'm intrigued. Let's put it that way. I want to start with Robinson and I'll share some of my thoughts about some of the other receivers. I love the fact that the Rams are paying like two thirds to three quarters <laughs> of his salary. Yeah. Like, thank you, Los Angeles. Thank you, Les Need and company, the Rams front office for picking that up because something I am excited about. Allen Robinson played with Mitch Trubisky in Chicago and then mm -hmm. was in Jacksonville. Like my point being Allen Robinson's never played with a great quarterback before. And I don't even know if Kenny Pickett is a great quarterback, but a, a competent quarterback, Allen Robinson's produced at a high level in this league before he's demonstrated the ability to do that. 
And you might say, well, Mark, what about last year with the Rams and Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford didn't play for a good portion of last season due to injuries. And this was not the same Rams team to where the year before won the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it might have been the weakest Super Bowl defense we've ever seen in the history of the league. Like, it might be a bit of a hyperbole, but this was not nearly the same team that said, hey, we're going to blow it up and we're going to, you know, send off pieces. Bobby Wagner's not there anymore. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore. I know they still have Cooper Cup, but the fact that it was a savvy move to where it's a really one-year tryout basis to where if Robinson produces, the Steelers could pick up his contract for 2024. If he doesn't, you could pretty much cut ties yeah. and say, hey, let's reset the deck and see what we're going to do at the receiver position beyond this year. So high-risk, high-reward. I like his size as well. He can go up and get it and almost as like an additional tight end in terms of the blocking game. So I like the Allen Robinson pickup a lot. Now, well, let me say about Allen Robinson. I don't know if ahead. he's from New Jersey, but he sure as heck is spending a lot of time there because he's always in the videos with Kenny Pickett. His quarterback coach puts out the yeah. videos. Kenny Pickett's working out, always throwing to Allen Robinson. Dave, like the day before his wedding, Allen Robinson is there on the field in New Jersey with Kenny Pickett. After his wedding, Allen Robinson's on the field. I don't, like I said, I don't know if he's from New Jersey, but he must have said to Kenny Pickett, hey, Kenny, where are you going to be training? Because yeah. I'm going to get a place, well, and I'm going to be there every chance that I can. And I think it's going to pay dividends. I really do. He's going to want to get that one last contract because he's 29 years old. Get that bag. So savvy by him because, again, they've got the option in 2024, but beyond that to say, can I get one more deal to where I – Okay, maybe not quite a number one receiver, but a high-level receiver in yeah. this league. That's what's at stake there. Now, you mentioned the other receivers. You mentioned Gunnar Osheski. This was one of the questions I was going to ask you later is, is what the Steelers are going to do from a return man standpoint. Who's going to be the punt returner? Who's going to be the kick returner? If it's going to be Gunner again, like I just know what I'm going to get with him at this point, Jeff. And it's just yeah. like... I, it just kind of, I'm, I'm whelmed by it. I'm, I'm underwhelmed, but I'll just say whelmed. Cause again, I'm trying to be glass half full here. <laughs> this to me, when you talk about the return specialist, if the Steelers are going to have any player on their team that might even be dubbed that, that return specialist, it, it just, it makes the Anthony Miller release that much more mm-hmm. kind of mind boggling. I always thought that he was their fallback. They could have cut Gunnar Olszewski if Calvin Austin III makes the team as a receiver but is not capable as a punt returner, kick returner. Anthony Miller could be your guy, and he's not a bad receiver. So when they release him, boy, it had to be health-related because it just doesn't make sense from a a roster standpoint. So now, who is that guy? Is it Alfonso Graham, who is a running back Mm -hmm. that could potentially be that guy? Um, Gunnar Olszewski, well, we know, like you said, very underwhelming. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third, again, haven't seen him do anything of any significance. That's another position to watch special teams for the Steelers this year are going to be very intriguing to watch in the preseason and in training camp. And let's also not forget the rule changes. How important is a return specialist anymore? You know, you you want to have these, the kickoff rules that have changed. Gosh, put anyone back there. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, just do, do we got to do, and then we'll get the ball wherever we, we, you know, wherever you get it and let's go. I'm more of a proponent of it. Most people don't know this. The last time the Steelers had a punt return for a touchdown was in 2019 in Arizona's Deontay Johnson. That was the last time they've had a punt return touchdown. So you know what I say? If you have a returnable punt, put him back there, get DJ back there to return. Why not? 
They used to do it with Santonio Holmes and Antonio Brown. Are you saying that Antonio Brown is above those two players when they were in their prime in Pittsburgh? I'm not. So Deontay, hey, you're not going to have you out there, you know, those red zone plays where, you know, we're just going to fair catch it. I want you back there where you can actually do some damage. Let's see what this guy can do. You're not going to, I don't save a roster spot for Alfonso Graham if he's only going to return punts. It's not worth it. Not in today's NFL. Get someone back there. Make it Deontay Johnson. Who cares? Let's go. Let's see what we can do. That's my own personal thought. And that is not conventional wisdom, by the way. <laughs> no, no, you've, you've made a great case, though. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. <laughs> I, I will say this. I think the fourth receiver slot would go to Calvin Austin the third. The acquisition of Robinson helps not put too much of a burden on Calvin Austin the third because he dealt with injuries a year ago. So then, so then it's like, if are you going to get five receivers or six? And then, again, you mentioned Miles Boykin made the case for him, mm-hmm. too. And then, I mean, I'll say this, though, too. I am tantalized by, uh, you mentioned Akeem Butler. And I look yeah. at that fake punt pass where there's a deliberate offensive pass interference that the referees just miss. But at least in the XFL, he looks like a man amongst boys. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man. And it's like, I'll probably be convinced again with, preseason which is meaningless i mean you watch the preseason i look i I understand they have to get to a 53 man roster and for spots what i don't know 45 to 53 it really matters for but it's really no more than a war reenactment but i still want to see what what akeem butler can do just again it's 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 a size thing and it's a it's an eyeball thing at least from the tape that i saw when he played in the xfl this is Hakeem Butler to me. So the more people I speak to that are at practices, they're at OTAs, they're at mandatory minicamp, they're talking to players, they're talking to coaches. The more people that I talk to about Hakeem Butler, they all kind of say the same thing. I don't know if he's going to fit. He's kind of making some mental mistakes. He's just, it just doesn't seem, and he's new. You know, he hasn't had the full off season and all the workouts and all the different phases of OTAs. I get Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I could see him having like a Tuzar skipper type preseason though. I'm talking, he goes out there against third and fourth string guys and he lights it up and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, Akeem Butler is the guy. And then he gets cut and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, he got cut. It's because he's going against third and fourth string guys that belong in the XFL, which like you said, he looks like a man amongst boys with, but when you get him out there with maybe higher level talent, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. Let me say this. I hope it pans out, but the guy that's that big, that fast, you hope it pans out. We've seen as Steeler fans for a long time that it doesn't always pan out. You know, whether you're talking about a, a player like Sammy Coates, who was a, a big bodied receiver who mm-hmm. didn't pan out, whether you're talking about a Lima Sweet, big body receiver, didn't pan out. I mean, I could go down the list. I mean, we probably both could. <laughs> and it's pretty lengthy, unfortunately, of big bodied receivers, Fred Gibson, that just don't pan out. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you know what I'm talking about. I hope it works out, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not holding out hope. Some people say their prayers before bed. Uh, Jeff Hartman, it sounds like you just go for failed Steelers <laughs> receivers. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go either here. Rookie, free agent acquisition, hmm. trade. 
who's your favorite new addition to the team this season? Wow, this is a tough one. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to go with, again, trying to think about the draft class and the expectations there. I think those expectations are unbelievably and probably they're just they're so lofty that I feel like the Steelers fan base is setting this whole class up for failure, at least in their own minds. Okay. okay. I think they're going to be great down the road, but it just might not be right away. Whether you're talking about Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Corey Trice, we all have these names like these guys are going to play right away. They'll probably play, but I just don't think in my own mind that they're going to come in and just contribute and be that guy. To me, my favorite addition, uh, and this is a this is a toss-up between a couple players, but I'm going to have to go with Isaac Samalo on the offensive line. Okay. I mean, here's a guy that's, he is a proven commodity. This isn't a rookie. This isn't a, well, fingers crossed. We hope this pans out. This guy's done it. The only thing that's kept him from getting to the highest level is injury. And that's an issue. Mm -hmm. But if when he's healthy, like he was last season for Philadelphia, the dude's dominant and he makes everyone else around him better. So if Broderick Jones isn't ready, he's going to make Dan Moore better at left tackle. He's going to make Mason Cole at center better. He's already making James Daniels on the opposite side of Mason Cole better. The knowledge he just has is is so vast. And when you hear someone like Jason Kelsey, the veteran, say, this is the smartest guy I've ever played with, why take notice for that? And so the Steelers along the offensive line last season were improved, but a lot of that improvement was based solely on the fact that they had continuity. They, they, they missed snaps. <laughs> no one missed an entire game. That's not going to happen again. So you got to, it just needs to be yeah. better. That offensive line play needs to be better. So I'm going to go with Isaac Samalu as my favorite. A close second is Patrick Peterson, by the way. That's a close second place, but I'm going to go Samalu over Peterson. We'll talk Pat Pete here in a second. Okay. But you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the upgrades along the offensive line. When you bring in the two Philly boys, Herbig being the other mm-hmm. as well. I know you got both Herbig brothers now from the draft too, but you bring in the two Philly boys from a team. And I know Herbig didn't play for the Eagles last year, but from an organization to where last season when the Eagles went on their Super Bowl run, most rushing touchdowns, regular season, postseason combined in league history. So you can play smash mouth football to where you can run it down teams' throats and assert your dominance at the line of scrimmage. It's something Pittsburgh hasn't had. And like Pittsburgh really hasn't had a strong running game since Le'Veon Bell was doing his thing. And then leads to the contract dispute. They've been bottom of the league in rushing really since that happened. We're talking five, six years ago now. So for me, it was Broderick Jones because he was the first offensive lineman the Steelers have taken in the first or the second round of the draft dating back to 2012 and David DeCastro. So let's get back to that smash mouth. We're going to run it down your throat and develop that continuity on an offensive line. What better way to get a, a offensive line in rhythm to where you can put your body weight on an opposing defense play after play after play. And you can't stop it because come the third and fourth quarters come November, December, January football, you, it, it's a mentality and it's something Pittsburgh hasn't had. And it's like, yeah, keep Kenny Pickett upright and clean, but to develop that continuity with Najee Harris, with Jalen Warren, that's more so what I'm excited about to where, Pittsburgh, from an offensive line standpoint, and it, I'm not a guru, but I know enough with my eyes to know that, like, they haven't won that line of scrimmage battle from an offensive line standpoint. It's been several seasons. 
With Broderick Jones, I'm fine if he is the starter, if as long as he earns it, as long as it's not and Kendrick Green, as long as it's not Kendrick Green in 2021, where they had, mm. well, Kendrick Green's going to start. Why? We have no one else. And so Ben Roethlisberger had to have Kendrick Green as the center in his final professional career, which is a sin. Nonetheless, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> but with Broderick Jones, a 100% beats out Dan Moore, then yeah, start him. Let's see what he can do. He's a road grader. Put Darnell Washington right on his hip. Those guys did that in the SEC like it was nobody's business, and they just steamrolled dudes. They'll do it in the NFL, too. If it happens right away, that's great. I'm also okay, though, if it doesn't happen right away. If it's week four, week five, or even after the week six bye, I'm okay if Broderick Jones takes some time to get acclimated and to find his way. I'm okay with that. I really have come to grips with that. I don't think it would be a bad idea. There's some people, fans, that say, they traded up to get him. You've got to start him. I disagree with that 100%. You, you don't. You don't fool with your quarterback's blind side. Yeah, yeah especially <laughs> when Miles Garrett's in the division too. And Miles so, Garrett, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, right out the right out the gate. Come on now, like yeah. if he waits a little bit, I'm okay with it. <laughs> now, if he does beat out Dan Moore Jr., do you think Dan Moore Jr. would be able to flip over to the other side and give Chooks or Cora for a run for his money at the right tackle position? Do you think Chooks stays put? I think Chooks definitely stays put. I think the question is, okay. can Dan Moore actually get acclimated on the right side? These are two guys that when mm. you look at their their body builds, they should be opposite. Like Chooks Okorafor is built like a left tackle. He moves like a left tackle. He's not the run, the road grader. Dan Moore is the road grader. He should be on the right side. But for some reason, these guys, it's like they they have two left feet or something. Like They can't figure it out. They have to mm. stay on their side. If Dan Moore somehow turns into a quality right guard, a la Marcus Gilbert, when he made the transition, when he came out of Florida, well, that's fantastic. You now have your bookends for a long time. Uh, but I think it would be more of a toss up, a battle on the right side. Again, I hope that Broderick Jones wins that job. And I hope that they do have that right tackle battle. I don't know if that'll work out. I think Dan Moore could be the flex guy if it doesn't. You mentioned Patrick Peterson. I hope he has gas left in the tank. And if not, at least the knowledge base that he can pass on to the young rookie cornerbacks in Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice Jr., because you've got him, Minka Fitzpatrick, who played at all pro levels. Now, the reason I'm mentioning the DBs, though, is look across the division, right? So we know what Cincinnati has in the trio they have with uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Baltimore also makes some upgrades this offseason because mm -hmm. you bring in OBJ, Zay Flowers in the draft. Don't sleep on Nelson Aguilar as well over in Baltimore. And then look, Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners in the league over in Cleveland. I will never sleep on him. I don't know how much more Cleveland has at the receiver position beyond Amari Cooper, but I look at, okay, you make those moves to get bigger cornerbacks as well. Something else I noticed though, each of those guys is like six two. they're six foot plus, but oh, yeah. bigger cornerbacks to match up against the stud receivers. You're going to go up against your division. Can they hold up? That's, that's what you hope for with Patrick Peterson. And look, if you don't want him chasing a number one across the field, he was playing mostly zone last season over in Minnesota. I think he's adept enough at this point in his career to where if you want to keep him on the left side like you did with Joe Hayden, he has enough experience at reading right-handed quarterbacks in this league. You know, Most quarterbacks are going to be looking immediately to their right side as soon as they take snaps just based on the hand that they use. If you want to keep Pat Pete over on the left side like you did Joe Hayden, I'm cool with that. 
I think Patrick Peterson first, you know, yes, he is getting up there in age. And and this is the same conversation that's happening that surrounds Cam Hayward every year. Yep. Um, When when is father time going to catch up with him? Well, the one difference between Cam Hayward on the defensive line and like Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson, he is an athlete that is definitely slimmed down as he's gotten older. It's smart. Uh, he's, he's carrying less weight. He's more agile. He's more probably durable coming off of a great season last year in Minnesota, by the way, like, I think he had five interceptions probably should have been in the pro bowl. If I'm being honest, he's still playing at a high level, but the one thing he does, and if you listen to his podcast, the all things covered podcast with Brian McFadden, he always talks about these little tricks, these, these little things that cornerbacks can do that they get away with because well if you've done this game if you played in this league long enough mm-hmm. the little tug on the jersey you know they've got the little um oh crap what do they call that the move where they kind of they tug the jersey which kind of oh, the slingshot that's what it is slingshots him forward he's already he always talks about that, that he's teaching these young guys these things so when six three Corey trice and six two joey porter jr are the guys on the outside they're going to think back into this rolodex of little tricks that patrick peterson taught them when he was there their first year maybe even his second year uh it's 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 twofold for me. It's he's a great player still. And I think he can still hang with those aforementioned receivers that you mentioned. But I think also, boy, the, the wealth of knowledge he's handing down to these young defensive backs is going to be invaluable. It's going to be absolutely invaluable. Absolutely. Two more topics I want to get to Jeff. Sure. Um, Alex Highsmith, I think his contract extension, whether that gets done before the start of the season to me is like the last chess move of what has been what I'm calling the wrath of Khan (laughs) Omar Khan in his first off season as the general manager of the team. They have the salary cap space to do it. If you look at over the cap.com right now, about $15 million might be plus or minus a bit, but uh, I think this could be the final move. And the reason I mentioned this too is okay. Let's look back at recent history. Minka Fitzpatrick's deal got done in advance of the 2022 season. Then you, locked up TJ Watt in 2021, like right on the eve of the Mm -hmm. season. I think that this could happen if it comes to the right number and the right figure. I think it would make a lot of sense. But whether Highsmith, he might want to bet on himself and say, hey, I'm going to ball and play at an even higher level to where it was almost Pro Bowl caliber in 2022. This to me is like the last thing that I'm really looking at in this offseason barring injury. What say you? Yeah, my my source in the Steelers organization says it's it's basically just semantics now. They're they're looking at probably an extension. So you're going to utilize the final year of his rookie contract. So it's not going to mess with the salary cap too much. Omar Khan is an absolute genius when it yeah. comes to the numbers game. Like that's what he did for 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, so my guess is it would be an extension that would probably maybe even give them some cap relief this year, if possible, by moving someone to a signing bonus. They might be talking about guarantees. They might be talking about overall signing bonus money years. But most of the stuff that I, from what I've heard is it's kind of a done deal. Like these guys, Alex wants to stay. They want him to stay. The question is, can they just get those minute details done? I don't even see this being a Deontay Johnson deal. If you remember, I think it was last last year when he was at training camp, but he wasn't really doing any team drills, was just doing individual stuff. And then finally he gets his deal. I don't see it even being that. I think they get the deal done like make of his Patrick before they report to camp. We're running out of time for that prediction to come to fruition, but nonetheless, that's, that's what I think. I think it's going to get done for sure. All right. Final topic of the show. Most intriguing storyline for the Steelers this upcoming season. The floor is yours. 
Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's one guy. It's, it's, it's Kenny Pickett. I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. gotta be K- <laughs> the guy, Kenneth Shane Pickett as on our podcast. We like to call middle names KP eight. I mean, this yeah. guy, is he the future? Is he the franchise? Everything looked really promising at the end of last season. You know, you win four in a row, you win seven of your last nine and those game winning drives, whether you're talking about the strike to George Pickens against the Raiders on Christmas Eve and the frigid temperatures, the game-winning drive against the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium hitting Najee Harris, all those little glimpses, the it factor that everyone talks about. Well, he has that in spades, but can he do it for the duration of a 17 and the injuries concerns, obviously with the concussions? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all these question marks surrounding Kenny Pickett. To me, the most intriguing storyline is Kenny Pickett. Can he, Kenny Pickett, get it, put it all together and prove to the fan base, the team, teammates, the rest of the league and the division I'm here for a really long time. The Steelers let one guy go, and then the very next year, they found their next guy. That's the most intriguing storyline. Will it happen in 2023? I sure hope that that is a definitive statement next year at this time, that we are not asking, is Kenny Pickett the guy? But it's, he is the guy. We're talking extension, how much money he's going to cost against the cap. You hope you have those type of discussions next year. And when you think about what I just said, that Ben Roethlisberger, an 18-year veteran, future Hall of Fame quarterback, two-time Super Bowl winner, retires, and then the very next draft, you get potentially your next guy for the next decade plus. Talk about an organization. <laughs> talk about an organization that just is so freaking lucky Yeah, that no one took a quarterback in 2022 until the 20th overall pick when Kevin Colbert's last draft he takes Kenny Pickett could be the next guy. It gives me chills, honestly, to think about it. But it's it's talk about luck. Like that would be tremendous. That's the storyline for me. That's absolutely. And if he does have success, you know, does that propel Kevin Colbert to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? You know, like yeah. there are so many ties to this as well. I mentioned the disparity between AFC and NFC quarterbacks as well. You know, the Steelers had to have a guy, and that was the thing where in Roethlisberger's final year. You could see that he wasn't what what he had been earlier in his career. But to that point, the Steelers didn't have an alternative that you could say definitively, yes, this is going to be a tangible upgrade to what we've got now. And he came in and by the end of the year, and it was stuff that didn't always show up on the stat sheet, he was doing things and making plays that is the difference between winning and losing. I think it was the game. I want to say it was against Atlanta where he decides to stay in bounds. He's trying to convert yep. on a third down conversion and it either kept the clock moving or forced the other team to use uh, their final timeout. And it's small things like that. That can be the difference between winning and losing in this league. And at least from the demeanor, what you need to do off the field in terms of being the face of a franchise, the CEO of a franchise I think he has that down. Now, again, there's many facets to the quarterbacking position. Can he make the big throws? Can he win in a shootout? Can he win against the other elite talent that we have in this league at the quarterback position? Really, to me, that week one game against San Francisco, I know years don't always carry over, but you're talking about a 49ers team that was in the conference championship a year ago. It's going to be a great measuring stick come week one at home, Jeff. Yeah, it is. Last time the Steelers had a home game, Antonio Brown was kicking punters in the face in week one. So I love it. there you I go. It. I mean, let's, let's bring it back. That's a <laughs> not Antonio Brown, just the punter thing. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Jeff, I want to give you the opportunity. Anything you want to plug? How can people listen to your sure. podcast and consume your content that you put out there? Yeah, we put out a ton of content on the Steel Curtain Network. If you go to anywhere where you find your podcast, you can just search Steelers and you'll find us right there in the top page of any search result. Um, or you can search Steel Curtain Network. You can find our work uh, on YouTube. Search the Steel Curtain Network. We're on all social platforms. Same thing. Just search the Steel Curtain Network. And this upcoming Saturday, uh, we are debuting the Steel Curtain Network website, steelcurtainnetwork.com. So make sure you check that out as well. Really excited about it. Excellent. That's Jeff Hartman. Jeff, thank you so much for your time this evening and cannot wait till the start of training camp later this month and hope to talk with you in the coming weeks at some point during the season. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For Jeff Hartman, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you so much for listening to the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.